Welcome to the podcast. My name is Father Bill W. I am an Episcopal priest, and I live here in Austin, Texas. I've had the gift of recovery uh, since December the 27th of 1972. Very grateful for that and for all the people who uh, put up with me and helped me and directed me along the way. Uh, somewhere along that way, I, I got a little bit lost in terms of the depth of the spirituality podcast series are about helping people get a deeper appreciation for the transformation that is really available to us through the 12-step program, and that it perhaps uh, gotten a little weakened uh, over the years, and uh, getting back to the original form uh, is going to be helpful for uh, for many of us who, who need that kind of structure. And that's a uh, what we're doing on this particular series, we're diving into the Pioneer program. And that was the program basically that uh, was being worked with the first 100 or so alcoholics in the period from the winter of 1934, when Bill Wilson first got sober, up to the spring of 39, when the big book was finally published. And my guest in uh, leading us through this series is Matt D. Matt is the executive director of the All Addicts Anonymous Fellowship. And AAA, as it is known, was begun by Tom Powers. Uh, he was a man who had Bill Wilson for a sponsor and who helped Bill write some of the key AA literature, including the books 12 Steps and 12 Tradition that many of you are familiar with, AA Comes of Age, and the second edition of the big book. And although Tom uh, deeply loved AA, thought it was uh, the greatest thing since sliced bread, divinely inspired, uh, he also worried that as it evolved, it was in danger of forgetting its roots and perhaps watering down the original pioneer message. So that's what we're here to trace and, and perhaps uh, discover for ourselves. So Welcome, Matt. You've been a great guide leading us uh, through this series. And uh, sometimes it's good to remind ourselves of this stuff too, isn't it? <laughs> oh, yeah. God, yes. <laughs> yeah. So um, I, I know uh, AAA uh, has a very extensive archives, includes some of the pioneer program literature. And for this episode, I've asked you to bring up another piece from the basement that could kind of help us uh, understand some of the evolution of AA, how it began, of what happened in some of the early days, and uh, particularly focusing on the steps and the, and the four absolutes. So uh, what did you bring us? Did you find something down there that could be of some help? A lot of stuff down there. <laughs> um, yeah, so I brought in, uh, obviously, we've been, we've been talking about um, well, the Pioneers program starting off the four absolutes and um, the four absolutes evolved into the steps. Uh, I brought in a piece that it's called the 12 step ladder to God consciousness. And um, it's just a piece written by Tom, Tom Powers Jr. Tom Jr. was also the author of the article Gresham's Law and Alcoholics Anonymous. And um, he kind of, he said so himself, he was something of the the, the Aaron to the Moses in the sense that he was the mouthpiece for his father, who he was one of the first people to have a chronology of, of, of AA. He was the primary person behind the book, AA Comes of Age. Uh, so he was very familiar with, with the AA story because really, in a sense, he was kind of the first historian, first person to really pull that material together and put it in book form. Um, but he also, as you mentioned earlier, was telling the not just the development story, but also brought up the concerns of a devolution, a watering down that could happen and, and, and happens in every not only in, in spiritual movements, but happens in the lives of the individuals that are part of that spiritual movement. And he himself was always, it seemed like his one of his central messages, if you could put it into a couple of words, was was wake up <laughs> used to say mm -hmm. it all the time you know wake up stay awake that's not only just a a theme that you find in christianity but um you know the the buddha is the awakened one i mean it's in all, all religions this thing about waking up and um 
really the enemy itself is is spiritual sleep and sleep is a thing that occurs to individuals uh it occurs to movements they fall asleep they forget themselves and uh can find themselves kind of sleepwalking if you will and um i chose this piece partly because it's it's a we're evolving on the subject of the absolutes and and how they were born into the steps and also because the piece itself is referring to to the steps as as a thing that um is about awakening you know is is about uh staying above ourselves if you will and not 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 falling into sleep right and 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 the steps became a a path uh, in in the article it talks about uh, various re re religious movements spiritual change movements often have a ladder image to them and and uh tom jr talks about that in in the article as well that they are they're to lead us to something and 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 you need to know where you're going you know uh i i often will tell people you know not, not when, when you're starting out this 12-step deal look at the goal look at 12 don't don't wait till you've gone all through them you need to know in the beginning where you're heading yeah uh, uh, so you, if you put the ladder against the wrong wall, <laughs> it's, it ain't going to get you where you need to go. Yeah, and most of us, um, uh, Morris Nicol, who was an inspiration to to Tom and um, and many others, um, he he gives a he kind of describes one's life as a horizontal line that that where we experience time. There is your past, which is behind you, and then uh, where you are at the present moment is obviously present and then there there is your own future and uh intersecting that that line is a vertical line which relates to a ladder right and the vertical line is a thing that deals with um you use this word a lot i've been listening to to our you know i, I listen to these podcasts podcasts after we do them not hopefully not because out of narcissistic reasons but um <laughs> uh but you use the word transformation often. Yeah. The horizontal line that we experience life, this is where addicts are focused. They think of, of life um, events, right? Like if, if I could get out, you know, if I had a different wife or a different job or, you know, if I can, you know, it's the geographical cure. It's, this, is, this is how we experience life and time. And we, we often talk about um, life at that, in that way. But this vertical line is a line that we experience things as change. Everything's changing, you know. Right. And we look for certain changes that we we hope to uh, benefit ourselves. But the vertical line is one that has to do with with a transformation. That's a word you've been using a lot. It's right. not it's not just life change. Um, it's it's about transformation, and that means change of being. And change of being is is has to do with ladders. That has to do with where are you inside yourself. The other one is is uh, obsessed with outer events, but the latter relates to internal. And this is what the program is all about. It, it it it. This is why I think many of the attempts given by medicine or even psychiatry, as good as those things are in themselves, fall short because they do not relate to the latter. They do not relate to things that are internal and, um, and a change of being. As long as an, as an addict has the same level of being that he has, he will always do the same things that he always has done, right? That's right. And this whole steps themselves relate to this, this awakening or spiritual experience or conscious contact. It has to psychic, do- Psychic change. Psychic change, the yeah. whole thing has right. to do with that vertical line or that ladder. And right. that's why that's why it works. Yeah, and, and I think it kind of boils down for me, what is the state of my ego? Is my ego inflated? Is it grandiose? Or is it in conscious contact and receiving guidance from and following the guidance from another source with a capital yeah. s yeah the ego is is always living in the realm of the horizontal line it's always mm -hmm. thinking about what it can get for itself or what it, you know it's always thinking in 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 
that way right but the when the ego is is deflated if you will or you know it, it very often is born out into these experiences of of higher consciousness you know what i mean to get hippie or whatever but that's right. what happens to you and every addict intuitively knows this because whatever their habit is or addiction is uh it's always something that relates to the latter it's always relating to some kind of way of of, of having some kind of spiritual experience problem is is that you enter in into it through the through the door of the ego and you end up in a real trouble right you didn't you didn't actually initiate or elicit spiritual experience or the change of being through through work through principles uh you do it through a substance or some kind of a behavior and and that leads to an egotistical mess that is obviously we all know the story and how that one ends if it isn't interrupted by a regenerative school that introduces you to a ladder which right. the 12 steps certainly are and the oxford group was certainly was as well mm -hmm. let's talk about the absolutes i know we, we went through them uh individually but uh as as a whole you know dr bob and bill wilson had kind of different views on the absolutes would that be fair to say well, I, I definitely think that the that the emphasis was more primary uh, with Dr. Bob for sure than it was with mm -hmm. Bill, um, without yeah. a doubt. Uh, I mean, he he had that uh, up front as part of the twelve step. I mean, we, we mentioned, I think, the first podcast we did that they they actually the King School Group put out a pamphlet and they included the absolutes along with the steps as though. Uh, introducing it as these here's the program it's these things right it's the 12 steps and yeah. it's the four absolutes it definitely um you know bill's emphasis on it obviously was was soft pedaled there was there may have been some but uh dr bob all the way through from beginning to end even in one of his last major talks you know said that the, the absolutes still hold good right uh, thank thank god he said that yeah, right. Uh, and, and, and the absolutes uh, in, in, in your literature with AAA, is they're not claims of attainment, but goals towards which we strive for living, living a, a new life uh, with an altered consciousness, I'm paraphrasing yeah. there, yeah. But, but that they play a huge role in, in keeping me on course uh knowing where i'm going yeah um and and i i'm gonna hit a lot of rough spots along the way that's to be expected it's not that i've achieved this status this this is kind of the i mean the, 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 they came from the life of jesus historically i mean that's that's where they they evolved from right and yes. oxford group picked them up as uh, kind of helpful guidelines if you want to have a changed life, are you honest? Is it pure? Is it unselfish? And most of all, is it loving? Yeah, also there's this thing where um, we talked about this in the last episode, the uh, absolute love. Uh, yeah. There is a, a tension that is set up when you have something like the absolutes in your picture. In that tension, born out of that it's like um the opportunity for something so much higher without that actual tension it's like you know making a diamond for instance i mean there's a massive amount of tension that is involved you know to, in that process it's like if you're going to be in any kind of regenerative uh movement that is going to transform a human being it has to be done in tension right uh it's just it's just the way it is and the absolutes are given I think that's misunderstood by many. And of course, it's easy to misunderstand it. You hear, oh, absolute, oh, I'll never do that. So right. screw it. I'm not going to do it at all. Mm -hmm. You know, and it's like, no, when we're we're striving towards union with God, God is perfect. Right. And and the movement towards perfection is 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 our aim. Obviously, we are going to fall short of it, right? We will. But if we take ourselves out of the environment in which the tension is present, we're not going to make a diamond in this process, period. And I think that's what these absolutes, why they're so key. And I think it's why 
the wisdom of Dr. Bob to include them along with the steps is key because as we'll get to here, uh, the steps themselves, as they evolved, if you will, mm -hmm. they became they became such things as suggestions and so forth. Uh, you see that they, if they aren't anchored into the absolutes, they can just float off into the ether, into your own imagination of what they might mean and how to do them. And, and that's why I think it's so critical, critically important that we're talking about this stuff and um, about the Pioneers program, because they weren't, these, these, this way of life was anchored into these absolutes for these, these, these men uh, and women. Right. And even though Bill may not have talked about it as much, they, and he himself fell short in many ways, and I'm sure Dr. Bob did in his own way, and all of us are, they, they were anchored in there. And, and without that, that anchor, you're just floating out to sea. You know? There was a reference uh, in Ernie Kurtz's book where Wilson is quoted as saying, he put them into steps six and seven, the absolutes. And that, that opened them up for me in a wholly new way. Those yeah. steps. I mean, it opened those steps up. That yes. That's what we're talking about there. I think he got that from Tom Senior, who who put that in, in the book, The Answer to Addiction, that very thing. Um, and he, of course, he would have known because, you know, he discussed these things with Bill Wilson, you know, endlessly right. for a matter of many, many, many years. Yeah. And it, and it really rings very true when you read the six and seven in the 12 and 12. Yeah. Yes. I mean, it's heading yes. for perfection. There's no question yes. about that. Yes. Yes, that's right. It's not it's not progress. I mean, I've had that argument with people for years. You know, it's progress, not perfection. So we aim for progress. Uh, well, no, if you aim for perfection and you settle for progress, that's a different standard. Yes. Tricky. It's tricky, but uh, I think it's important. Well, the thing that whenever this uh, this thing of the, the latter image is given, the thing itself, whether it's like, um, you know, Jacob's ladder or the ladder of divine descent, ascent, that the the rungs themselves lead to heaven. You know, they 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 go on and on. I mean, you, there's no cap on it. You don't get to fifteen rungs and you're all done. You know, what I mean, this thing, this thing is uh, stretches all the way to God Himself. And how could it how could it not be, you know, any other way? Good. Yeah, let's start talking about the steps now, um, because uh, th these are the rungs uh, to the ladder, and uh, you hear a lot of um, uh, opinions that there were four steps, six steps, nine, you know, all sorts of things. Kind of run us through that, if you could. Coming out of the Oxford group, and then with these alcoholics getting uh, sober, putting them into a form specific to uh, to alcoholics. Yeah, so uh, obviously it was it was the first absolutes they start four absolutes they started off with, um, and then there was a thing that uh, and there's some dispute out there in a history land about you know whether they had six steps or not or whatever else, and obviously there was some workable form. Uh, that is one of the, I would say, challenges of the four absolutes in a way is, is that um, it's good to have a practical set of steps, if you will, to, to how do I practice these things, you know, um, right. it's good. And so obviously they had developed a certain way that they put the absolutes into practice. I'll read this beginning mm -hmm. here out of, out of AA Comes of Age, which Tom was instrumental in working on. It's important to know uh, prior to that, before I get to this, is that the 12 steps first appeared in the in the big book. Um, the The reason that they had worked on the big book, there was there was a central reason for it. Uh, not all the fellowship at the time, which was very small, was in agreement about this. Primarily the groups in Akron and so forth, they were using the Bible on a regular basis. There, they, the idea of a book, some members, I think, were in dis were disagreement. But right. Bill, Bill, in his wisdom, thought that it was essential, this is important, it was essential to put 
in writing um, the, the program so that it could be protected from this very thing we're talking about today, which is being watered down. Mm -hmm. And they said, we got to get it in print so that we can help protect it from that process, which they were aware of from the very beginning. So he was working on, on the actual big book, the manuscript. And um, I'm going to pick it up here. This is from AA Comes of Age. He says, the hassling over the four chapters already finished had really been terrific. I was exhausted. On many a day, I felt like throwing the book out the window. I was in this anything but spiritual mood on the night when the 12 steps of Alcoholics Anonymous were written. I was sore and tired clear through. I wanted to say something about that real fast. Uh, one of the things that Wilson had gotten from William James was the awareness that um, depression very often is the first phase of spiritual experience. You know, the, this, this thing of being completely defeated, depressed, and just squeezed. <laughs> mm -hmm. and, and in an interesting way, he was in that condition. He wasn't feeling inspired. He wasn't feeling, you know, full of hope and joy or whatever. This was the guy who was very depressed. Needless to say, that was a thing that that Wilson, I mean, alcoholics are, are constantly, they're connoisseurs of consciousness. We were talking about the latter earlier. I mean, we know we know the in, initiating phase of depression and stuff. We also know what it's like to have a spiritual experience through the bottle of some kind, you know? So here he is. He says, I lay in bed at 182 Clinton Street with pencil in hand and with a tablet of scratch paper on my knee. I could not get my mind on the job, much less put my heart in it. But here was one of those things that had to be done. Slowly, my mind came into some kind of focus. I want to touch on another point, too, is, is you, you very often are uh, communicating this thing of two-way prayer, which has to do with guidance. And the mm -hmm. earlier thing was... Uh, You'll know that you'll know the quote better than I. But uh, what's the thing of the 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 palest ink is stronger than the uh, than your best memory or something of something right. of that yeah. right? It was essential that they wrote these things down, that they practice guidance in that way, and that it was the Oxford group. It was literally the Oxford group practice of guidance that produced the twelve steps. Uh, he had paper. He 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 asked God to you know guide him, and he started to write. He didn't even feel very inspirational at the time. Mm -hmm. And what he ended up writing, in a way, was the guidance for every every addict that was ever to come forward after his experience. So here goes. He says, since Ebby's visit to me in the fall of 1934, we had gradually evolved what we called the word of mouth program. For, I'm sure most of your listeners know who Ebby is, but that was yeah. what Bill kind of called his, his sponsor, and he was out of the Oxford Group and was instrumental in introducing uh, Bill to the Oxford Group principles and the, and the group itself. Most of the basic ideas had come from the Oxford Group, William James, and Dr. Silkworth. Though subject to considerable variation, it all boiled down into a pretty consistent procedure which, which comprised six steps. These were approximately as follows. So we went from the four absolutes to these word of mouth six steps. Mm -hmm. Number one, we admitted that we were licked, that we were powerless over alcohol. Two, we made a moral inventory of our defects or sins. Three, we confessed or shared our shortcomings with another person in confidence. Four, we made restitution to all those we had harmed by our drinking. Five, we tried to help other alcoholics with no thought of reward in money or prestige. Six, we prayed to whatever God we thought there was for power to practice these precepts. So that was the original word of mouth, six-step program. Which evolved from the four absolutes, uh, maybe specifically for the workings of them by alcoholics. Yes, that's right. Yeah, taking the Oxford Group program, but gearing it to, yeah. Um, so the Oxford Group did not have steps. 
Dick B is very clear about that in, in his research that uh, just couldn't come up with them, you know, uh, that they're typically American is, is one way of looking at it. It's kind of like uh, when you, when Henry Ford did not discover how to make an automobile, he discovered how to make it systematically, you know? Uh, yeah. So it's quicker, it's organized, here's the process. And, and Wilson, Wilson had that kind of a mind, I think, that, that uh, how do I take difficult material, boil it down, make it clear, and uh, did a beautiful job of that. Uh, he, he was very pragmatic in that very way. Very pragmatic, like, um, yes. And, sci and, and I would say almost scientific, you know, like he, right. he really... And and also I think there's another point that that um, is helpful in understanding the evolution of the steps, which is these things were written retroactively to his own spiritual experience. So it's it was he was on the other side of it. It isn't this isn't somebody sitting down and saying, um, if I was to induce or or to 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 practice regenerative steps to have a spiritual experience, what would I do? He was on the other end of it and had the spiritual experience and looked back and said, okay, here's a scientific boiled down, not, nothing uh, extraneous, nothing extra added to it. Here, here are the actual steps that will produce this, this experience I just had, in essence. I mean, I don't know if he's thinking exactly in that way. Obviously, he's sitting there depressed and not, you know, he's not, it, it comes to him in a different way. And I think... Um, we always make this point as the steps themselves. They're, they're not Bill Wilson's genius. They they obviously are an inspiration of genius that is above uh, the brightest of all minds, whether they're theological or philosophical or scientific or or psychiatric or anything else. You you just the 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 fact that these things were have altered mankind in the way that it has over the last eighty whatever years or ninety years or whatever it's been. Is proof that these things they they're above man's genius alone, you know, and you see it. I mean, life is altered. A hundred years ago, you had no solution for the problem of addiction. Two people out of a hundred might might find a way to abstinence somehow. Everybody else pretty much was was destined for death, or asylums, or what have you. And now we actually have a solution, and it came out of this this whole experience, this movement, um, and the power that was there—power of the absolutes. Really. Mm -hmm. Yeah, we keep coming back to that, don't we? Yep. Uh, I visited. Uh, I've told listeners this before, but James Hauk, who got sober in the Oxford Group the day after Wilson did, uh, and. Uh, he said, two-way prayer is all about the four absolutes. He always kept bringing it back to that. So, because um, that's where the transformation happens. You know, that, I think uh, the, um, yeah, I think that the, um, the alcoholic, I think, or the addict is, so you're, you're talking about the Oxford group and that they didn't have steps. And I think that, that right. um, they were very much, trying to be led by inspiration from God. And I think, mm -hmm. I don't know, but it's it, it seems a little bit like it would be contraindicated to, now they had the five C's and they had different, you know, the four absolutes and different things, but the actual interpretation was to be done between man and God and and the help of someone else. And um, the idea that there was, there was, you know, steps for for everyone probably would have seemed a little bit contrary to the inspiration that they were trying to get directly from God. And they were, they were serious people. Right. But I, I think, you know, when you get an addict who is so compromised morally, so beat up physically, so much in a mental fog and, and deterioration and degeneration, the whole mess, you, you need something so basic as this, you know, Number one, you do this. Mm -hmm. you know? yeah. Number right. two, you do that. Yeah, exactly. You've got to have that, you know, yeah. so. Yeah. Now, the steps themselves. So the, the when Wilson was writing them under guidance, 
Uh, he, he penned them in a certain way, uh, but then the evolution continues, eh? Um, so uh, they got changed from what he originally wrote. Am I correct? They did. Now, um, there, I, there were a number of manuscripts that went around. Uh, we didn't go into great detail about the, the, the background of the steps being written, but the, the bottom line is as the, as the big book was starting to be pulled together, he mentioned it a little bit here about how the, there was, um, you know, the, there was some arguing and stuff. It, that is an absolute understatement. It sounds like the, the entire fellowship was ready to break apart based on this project of pulling this book together. I mean, we don't realize how much blood, sweat, and tears went into this thing and how much arguing and everything else. Mm -hmm. uh, can, can you imagine trying to write a book with a hundred other people saying to you, oh. oh, I don't like this and oh, I don't like that and put this here and put that there. And never mind, they're all, you know, within one or two years at the most of, of actual abstinence from, you know, terrible, you know, alcoholism and stuff. I mean, and, and here they are in the middle of all of that. And somehow this thing gets born out of it. Again, I keep making this reference to tension. It's like right inside tension, the thing actually can be born and evolved out of it. And they were arguing about the about this. Go ahead. You want to say something? Well, well, uh, I, I always think of this process uh, as sort of like an hourglass that at the top of the hourglass or the funnel, uh, whatever you want to call it, it's very wide. And, and as, as the, as they changed the steps, it was, they didn't want to scare people away. They wanted to make the door the entry point as wide as possible, and then begin to funnel it down. Um, so that's what I see going on in the rewriting of the steps. If it's too theological, well, let's try to take that point out and make it more universal, okay? Uh, if it's like on your knees, I think was in the original uh, version, you know, you did uh, six and seven on your knees. Well, maybe that's too much. So we'll take that piece out as an accommodation uh, to not scare people off, make it look too religious. Um, I mean, th th that's my understanding. W would you go along with that? Yeah, I definitely would. So the um, so the first. Six, the six-step word-of-mouth program would have existed between 1935 and 1938. Mm -hmm. When they're starting to put the book together, this is 1939, 12 steps first appeared. Uh, they, um, I wanted to say that, that along with trying to do this book project to begin with, which was so that they could, they could solidify the program, protect it from being watered down, uh, when Bill was working on the steps, he was thinking to himself that this, at least this is the way he said it, is that these these kind of uh, uh, word of mouth six steps, they need to be more explicit, right? explicit, right? But he had a goal in mind for himself, which is, and this is his own words, there must not be a single loophole through which the rationalizing alcoholic can wiggle out. Right. So I think they're thinking deeply about not giving a back door when th this first the first presentation of the 12 steps they, his aim was to not give a back door for alcoholics to be able to you know wiggle right. out to, to their own demise and that's I, right and and that so that means when he comes to phrases like god he doesn't say higher power he doesn't say as you understand him he right. says god right? right he also has in uh in in um uh, which is it the on our knees and the seventh step humbly on mm -hmm. our knees, right? So they are yeah. they are concentrating on on not allowing the alcoholic to wiggle out, right? They're also very concerned, and I, I really think this is an important thing. This is behind their thought process behind the evolution of the steps. They're very concerned about not adding a, a feather 
of of psychological weight on top of the of the alcoholics already very difficult psychic you know condition like they didn't want to put an additional burden on on the alcoholic in any way they wanted to just have these things be completely stripped down of anything unnecessary or additional they wanted it to be as lean and compact as possible because they were very concerned mm -hmm. about the, about the about the alcoholic and they knew he was in tough shape his his ability to comprehend theological things or philo philosophical things is going to be you know unbelievably impaired and they wanted to be able to bring something forward that was that was considerate of their condition and state of mind uh so that was along with the fact that they don't want to give them any kind of place to wiggle out right so that was a major part of 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 what was behind pulling these steps together right yeah well that that's interesting matt so it's 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 like Wilson wanted to get it real tight in in his description of the process, so you can't wiggle out. But simultaneously, then over as the manuscript gets debated and such, how, what how can we keep the essence and yet make it as attractive to alcoholics as possible? So there's. A, you spoke earlier of attention, and you really feel that in uh, when you start to study the, this evolutionary process. There is a tension that's going on. Yes, yes, there is, and and the, and the, there was a tension certainly in the group. Um, here's what it says in uh, AA Comes of Age, just three paragraphs. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Just, be, just before the manuscript was finished, an event of great significance for our future took place. At the time, it looked like just another battle over the book. So this is now um, segueing into what they did with those original 12 steps and, and how it's presented, how it is seen now, which we'll just call it the compromise 12-step program. I don't mean compromise necessarily in a negative way but um, how it's presented now. So when mm -hmm. they had made these alterations, you know, not on your knees, they use higher power, they use God as you understand him. Uh, they did use, and we'll come to this a little later, having had a spiritual experience, that was the only alteration that was made after the book was published. Um, mm -hmm. So he goes on, the scene was Henry's office in New York, in, in, in Newark, where most of the uh, writing had been done. Present were Fitz, Henry, and our grand little secretary, Ruth, and myself. So there was Fitz Mayo and Henry. Those guys were, were, were very heavily into uh, introducing um, not just religious, but, but, but Christian uh, ideas into this thing. Right. Mm -hmm. So the secretary, Ruth, and myself, we were still arguing about the 12 steps. All this time, I had refused to budge on these steps. I would not change a word of the original draft in which you will remember I had consistently used the word God, and in one place the expression on our knees was used. Praying to God on one's knees was still a big affront to Henry. Uh, sorry, Fitz was the one from that was very you know Christian in his orientation, and Henry right. would have been <laughs> very much the opposite. Yeah, Hank uh, Parker, Parkhurst. That's it? correct. Yes, yeah. that's correct. Uh, who Tom actually got to know. They were in Towns Hospital together, if you can believe it. Mm. <laughs> they shared a room together. And he said he learned more in those two days drying out next to Hank Parkhurst about AA history than he ever did any other time. Oh, God. Uh, so uh, praying to God on one's knees was still a big affront to Henry. He argued, he begged, he threatened. He quoted Jimmy to back him up. So that's uh, Jimmy Burwell. Right. who was out, out of Jimmy Burwell is, is where we got the expression, God, as you understand him. It was, that was his, inter, his, his contribution to AA. He was positive we would scare off alcoholics by the thousands when they read those 12 steps. Little by little, both Fitz and Ruth came to see merit in his contentions. Though at first I would have none of it, 
we finally began to talk about the possibility of compromise. Who first suggested the actual compromise words, I do not know, but they are words well known through the length and breadth of AA today. In step two, we decided to describe God as a power greater than ourselves. In steps three and 11, we inserted the words God as we understood him. From step seven, we deleted the expression on our knees. And as a lead-in sentence to all the steps, we wrote these words. Here are the steps we took, which are suggested as a program of recovery. AA's 12 steps were to be suggestions only. Such were the final concessions to those of little or no faith. This was the great contribution of our atheists and agnostics. They had widened our gateway, gateway so that all who suffer might pass through, regardless of their belief or lack of belief. God was certainly there in our steps, but he was now expressed in terms that anybody, anybody at all, could accept and try. Countless AAs have since testified that without this great evidence of liberality, they never could have set foot on any path of spiritual progress or even approached us in the first place. It was another one of these providential 10 strikes. So the whole, the whole thing behind this was to, was to put the initial rung of the ladder down low enough right. that, that just about anybody could put their foot on it. Now, the problem was, especially with the, with the last alteration or compromise that they made where the steps are put forward as suggestions, mm -hmm. uh, that, that lessens the tension we were talking about earlier on, yeah. on, pro on progressing up that ladder, right? Uh, <laughs> Opens the door to, well, choose this one, choose that one. We're very accommodating. You don't have to do the whole thing. <clears throat> do the parts that you like. Leave the rest. The the one thing that it did is it never it never um, it never changed the program per se. Uh, you each individual can elect for themselves how they're going to practice this program. As a matter of fact, if you want to get on your knees or you know mm. refer to God as God and not as higher power or you, every member can elect for themselves how they're going to do this thing. However, there, there, is, um, there is a conflict, in my view, between presenting the steps as suggestions and then your original intention being, I'm going to present these things so no alcoholic can wiggle out. You've... <laughs> right. Now, I'm, I, of course... Uh, I was not chosen, you know, in this process to to put these things down or to work through, you know, obviously God had picked the these pioneering men and, and women for some reason, you know, and this is this is a this is a heck of a of an of a challenge that was here. And of course, this is a divine thing. This really did come from God and not from the genius of of these men and women, although their inspiration was key and their their genius was key and their part that they played was key and we all owe that to them um, but that's a, a heck of a thing to try to present a thing where you can't wiggle out and then also give it as a suggestion it does and we'll talk about this uh, I guess in our last podcast which will be next week that you know chapter five and and what AAA or Tom had pulled together called the ten points if you read the ten points, and you look at the steps as though they are suggestions, they don't, they don't fit. No, they no. don't fit. The furniture in which the steps were, were, were put into chapter five, in those 10 points, they still re reflect uh, the, the vigor and intensity of like the, the, of the original 12 step thing, you know, like this is how you're going to work these steps. Uh, the suggestions only thing is, um, a person can elect for themselves, and, and obviously everybody's free to work this program the way that they, that they want to, um, but if, if a person elects to practice this thing as though a suggestion, uh, what's the joke that they give? It's like the guy who jumps out of the airplane with the parachute and the, and the instructor says, you know, count to 10 and then pull that ripcord, but that's only a suggestion, you know? <laughs> right. Uh, if you take if you take your own life in your hands in that way, 
you you end up a pile of a human being at the bottom of that of the you know <laughs> on Matt, the ground. Do you, right. Do you think this also has some significance? Uh, where in the big book they're talking about, but what about the real alcoholic? That there are some for whom working a very moderated choose what you will kind of program, it's not gonna be sufficiently strong to bring about the, the change that's necessary. I don't know how much forethought they had. I'm assuming they, they, that they did, but everybody mm -hmm. I think that first got in the program and- They were real. <laughs> the first hundred that got in, they, that, there was no question. Like, yeah. I think if, if you read, um, the Gresham's Law piece, you see that that a, an evolution had occurred in the movement itself somewhere within, you know, after the Plain Dealer articles had come out, and then definitely when the um, Jack Alexander article came out, the fellowship had had just swelled its doors. It went from, you know, several hundred to, you know, thousands and then, then 12,000. I mean, it was overnight. Right. And the, the kind of... Um, attention that was involved this 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 thing you know where they're coming out of the oxford group where you'd, you'd sit down with someone else they would share with you about their own uh failings and sins and what they've done in their life and the amend pro amends process they've been through and and you know and then you would get on your knees and give yourself to to christ and and then you would talk about where you you know where you've been at and what you've done and then you'd set out to go make your life right i mean this was uh a, a lot of of very intimate work one with another and then all of a sudden you've got you know thousands of people getting through the door and a guy had a week or two to spend with you and he'd he'd pick you up at the hospital and he'd take you to a few meetings and he you know and then he'd say go out now and go do that with somebody else and at that same time another development occurred which was they took the program really in the beginning as is you know, do it this way or else. It wasn't really a suggestion program. It right. was like do it, do it. You know, Dr. Bob was he was very he was tough. <laughs> he was tough. Do this thing or you know, get lost. And in, in essence, I myself don't think that 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 is um, unfeeling in any way. If a person is not yet ready, and and um, in this piece written by Tom Jr., he talks about that 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 regenerative programs are often crowded in in camouflage, if you will, because those that enter into this thing with intellectual arrogance of a certain kind, if if they if they're go they're first of all, the intellectual arrogance is going to be a bar for them. But if they somehow were able to progress beyond that to spiritual awakening of some kind, it would it would do them harm. You know, and so you come into this thing and if you're not really ready to to do the whole thing, well then wait till the ego is sufficiently, you know, uh, dissolved or, or or softened so that you can accept this thing and uh, and right. an addict an addict knows the condition of having spiritual experience with a with a hardened inflamed ego you know they're doing it with booze or drugs all the time that is a terrible thing and and a regenerative program doesn't do that anyway so they they had these members coming in uh, they didn't have the time to work with them and the other development again that occurred at, at at that time uh was um it was kind of became on a basis of, of of you know take as much as you want john barleycorn's got a big stick he's gonna whack you if you don't do if you don't do the right kind of program that that you need for your own self prior to that it was all strong aa yeah. at that point they were they they it basically the the people could just could take take it the way that they wanted to take it and um, it was up to the individual. And when you have that with suggestions only, there is there is a um, a freedom that is there that that you know it's just it's just a fact that the, within that freedom can be an abuse. You know, a person really can elect for themselves something less sufficient than a stronger dose, and then of course they'll end up either drinking again, which is I think. What they felt, you know, AA is a very anarchical, you know, fellowship, if you will. I, they didn't have rules and 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 you know, 
bosses and stuff, you know, this is, you, it's, it's going to have this liberality. But if you take that liberality in a wrong way, you could do yourself a lot of harm. Exactly. This is why I'm interested in the Jungian contribution to the spiritual transformation as well. I mean, to me, they, they kind of go hand in hand because Jung uh, gives us a better understanding of the nature of the ego. And, and the point is that you've got to watch out for inflation. That in relating to this higher self, it needs humility. And if there isn't humility, look out, there's going to be conflict. Yeah. And, and one of the changes that this is kind of funny, or at least I always thought it was funny, but I, I stumbled on a, uh, a tape from Bill Wilson, where he was talking, again, in accommodating uh, the, the tender alcoholics. <laughs> he, he kind of makes that joke. Uh, very, they're very sensitive. You know, we don't want to offend them. That they changed the, the step 12 from having had a spiritual experience to a spiritual awakening. And um, again, I think it was done in, in the spirit of what we've been talking about here, uh, of, of not, not uh, ruling anybody out, making that door nice and wide. And yet there was uh, also this other side of it that uh, you can go on awakening for uh, a long, long time, but it is the experience of, of God, the experience of this higher power that is really going to be the thing that uh, causes the transformation. So let me, let me play uh, Wilson's uh, comments on this. Uh, I've done it before, but I um, I like a good joke, and and this to me is one. And then on the other side, we'll uh, ask you, Matt, to kind of comment on it. So th this is Wilson uh, talking about the shift from spiritual experience to spiritual uh, awakening. My own experience, though, in changing step, is rather amusing. It just shows you how things can get frozen. Somebody just showed me a copy uh, of the first printing of the A book, the big red thick one that we made so thick with thick paper so the drunks would get their money's worth. And in that, yeah, this is it. In here, you will find in the 12 steps that this having had a spiritual experience. Uh, we use the word experience to denote the spiritual transformation. And no doubt took that notion from William James, whose great book, Varieties of Religious Experience, laid a foundation for this movement. And the foundation was upon hopelessness because the James cases who had the, the mark transforming experiences were people who at depth admitted that they had something that they alone couldn't get over, under, or around. So this transforming experience was called by James experience. And his book was called Varieties of Experience. And so are his examples of it. And we have duplicated them in all of their myriad forms. Uh, now that I always liked this word experience, but there was a hell of a movement, I believe it emanated down in Greenwich Village in about 1937 or 8, when the book was under contemplation, or, or, or rather just after the book was published, be more like 40. This was the movement to get rid of this uh, conversion business and this experience business. And after a hell of a lot of tub thumping, the people who wished to change got it. And I dutifully inscribed in the second printing that hereafter, the, this was not to be an experience. It was to be a tepid form of experience called an awakening. Well, uh, 
I don't know whether anybody got well in Greenwich Village who would have died otherwise. No, I really don't. And so sometime afterward, when AA had got a little less absolutist and this more intellectuals had got down to their right size, well, I'm going to try to put back that word experience. I'll be damned if I don't like it. And I think some of the old moss bags like me would like it too. So I tried to put it back. And I was absolutely shouted down and assaulted for heresy by God. And I was. I think that kind of kind of sums up the evolutionary process. Uh, I think it happens in the church, uh, you know, that uh, here's here's the way it is, and now we're going to set this thing in concrete, and nobody is able to change it. And it becomes very mechanical and um, kind of uh, keeps one from 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 that experience, which which is uh, in Wilson's mind, and and I'd agree with him. That's that's where the transformation occurs. Um, any, any comments on that one, uh, Matt? Yeah, I would say that like every change that was made in the evolution process of the steps, there there is some kind of gain and also a corresponding loss and that's right uh, and I, I i i don't think that any of them are all loss like i don't think even the suggestions only statement i don't think is a, is a complete loss in any sense but i think you know it's good to to see what that gain and loss is i think in the earlier days and and i'm taking this from tom himself that the and, and they were tracking you know, not on paper per se, but they were tracking the the spiritual experiences of the members. And they saw that in the earlier days, there were more profound spiritual experiences. And as time went on, they be became more what he said, they're the, the tepid kind of experience, which they which he referred to as awakening. Mm -hmm. uh, the, the reason Tom said that that occurred was because Pardon my French again, but he's but his words. He said that that some of the members, like himself and Bill Wilson, were so goddamn arrogant that they needed the, a, a complete whack. That the the nut had to be completely cracked, you know, and that nothing but the level of spiritual experience they had would have done that for them. In essence, he's saying if you have not had a profound spiritual experience. Do not think that you are less than the member who has. It's probably probably due to the fact that they're so much more arrogant than you are, that they need such a whack over the head in that way. Uh, so don't be offended. And he said, as a matter of fact, after you have the spiritual experience of that type, you, you got to then start out where the guy who has the awakening start, is starting out, which is, you know, you, you chug along. You're not... Um, all lit up like that all the time. Yeah, you're not so, done. You're not done just because you've had it. That's right. That's right. So the so the 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 uh, the thing that the guy who has this profound experience is is in in you know better or worse than the other guy. It, everyone gets what what level of of right. experience is necessary for them uh, to enter into this thing. Now, the I like the word experience because he, he Bill even used the word transformation as well. It 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 clearly defines it to me a meeting between man and God. I mean, it it is it's it's right. a union. It's I mean, try to describe what happened to Bill Wilson if you read that account and come out of it and just say, oh, this is a guy who had an awakening. No, that was an experience. That was a very profound experience. Uh, and, and what Jung says is anytime the, the ego encounters the greater self, it, it is experienced as a defeat. And, and what he meant by that is a defeat of an inflated ego, uh, an ego that wants to be 
godlike in itself. It gets knocked down. And, and that's the starting point, you know, but it reinflates. And that's what you're saying that, uh, yeah, you got to keep just because you had the experience doesn't mean it's over and done with. Now, now let's, let's continue with this awakening uh, process. Well, transformation mean, it means birth. It means a new person. In the biblical term, to know, mm -hmm. it is literally can be used like Adam knew his wife and she conceived. To right. know, it means, it means union. You know, the, the, the Sanskrit word yoga, it means union. And, and that literally is, is a conjoining. I mean, it is a union. Conscious contact is the word they use in the steps for union with God. A union is what produces a birth. It produces a new man. Mm -hmm. that, that is, that's transformation, and that's a reference to uh, the vertical ladder. You know, that, that's transformational. I think the word experience describes that very much better in that way, and I think that's why Dowling made the comment later on about when they changed that word, he wept. You know? Yes, I love that. Yeah, I do, too, because it loses the intensity and vigor of the description for what occurs. Right. Uh, now, the reason I like awakening as well, because there mm -hmm. can be an abuse with, with spiritual experience. I've been around long enough to meet people that say, oh, Bill Wilson ran around dropping LSD. He was having spiritual experience. I'm going to go have a spiritual experience too and take some ayahuasca or this or that or whatever else. And um, if you have spiritual, if your aim is spiritual experience without a regenerative program that, 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 that actually elicits a response from God to give you that experience, you take the matters into your own egotistical hands, you, you can have a, a real terrible mess, right? That's and, right. And, and that's why I feel like uh, experience, you know, in, its, in itself, remember the step says having had, a, as it originally said, having had a spiritual experience as a result of, of these steps, it's, it's, it's the result, not a result. It is the result. And it came from living this regenerative program, this way of life. It, it produced this experience. Without this alteration, without the experience and alteration, you will return to the same. You will return to your own methods of having spiritual experience through whatever your substance or behavior is. It's just the way that it goes. I like the term awakening because, uh, you know, again, the, the problem really does have to the problem really is, it's not alcoholism or food addiction or whatever. It really is the depths of spiritual sleep. And in awakening, a person re really does get above the, their, their lower selves, if you will, enough that they're not constantly returning to, you know, the addictive substance or habit. And awakening really, you know, it, it, it reminds me very much of this, you know, command obviously given by Christ. And, and, and if you spend any time around Tom Powers Sr., you'd get in the words of wake up, you know, metanoia, you know, wake, wake up, change your mind mm -hmm. is, the, is the command by Christ. It's literally to get above your mind. It's not even, and it's not even your, your lower mind, which is, which is, you know, grin. It is to get above your nous, your higher mind. Metanoia is, is your higher mind. It's like, go beyond that. Every addict intuitively knows that, that there is some kind of answer for them by going beyond this normal state in which we live in, this horizontal line experienced in time. To get above that is where our, our answer is. If you're going to get above it, you have to go inward for it. Uh, that's the only way. And And to go inward, you need the assistance of principles like the absolutes and, and actual regenerative steps like the 12 steps. I had a very tough counselor many, many years ago. And when I uh, first day in group, he introduces himself, says, I'm so-and-so, and I'm going to kill you. <laughs> now, he'd lose his license for that today. Mm -hmm. But I knew what he meant. Yes. I'm going to kill the you that's killing the you. Yes. And, and we, and we ain't going to be Mickey Mouse about it. We're, we're going to, we're going to 
really go deep. And uh, so I think that's, uh, there, there is a balance here. There is a tension. Uh, there's, there's something to be said for each. That's what I hear you saying. There's some benefits to experience. There's some benefits to awakening. Um, but if we bring these two together, they're all heading in, in the same direction, which is the psychic change, the transformation, call it, yes. call it what you will. Yes. And um, so thank you, Matt, once again, for guiding us through this um, evolutionary process. I, I think it was really helpful uh, to folks to understand that. And in our next episode, we're going we're gonna to go back and look at chapter five of the big book and pick out 10 points in there that, that are absolutely essential to bring about this transformation. And uh, I, I look forward to that. So I thank you, Matt, for uh, sharing uh, with us your uh, knowledge and uh, wisdom and experience. <laughs> can can <laughs> and, I say one, one last yes, thing? Yes, one more. Sure, go ahead. I'm always always trying to hopefully bring something practical to these podcasts. And I just, you know, after listening to, to this, I'd say, okay, well, what, what practical thing? I would say to remember the aim of spiritual experience and spiritual awakening. Uh, we mentioned this in an earlier podcast. If your aim was was non, you know, non-drinking, anything can go that's not that doesn't include drinking. But if your aim is spiritual awakening and your aim is spiritual experience, conscious contact, that means absolutely everything you do in your life is to have that in mind. You eat for conscious contact. You, you have a sleeping habit that relates to conscious contact. Your interactions with other human beings are around this thing of, of seeking conscious contact. It, it, if you have that as an aim, and, and each person you know, can elect to make that their aim one day at a time. I know it's not program language, but that is our aim here. And it, it, it means that each thing that you do can be checked you know, where am I at on this ladder in relationship right. to, to um, spiritual awakening and spiritual experience? And you, you go through all the, all the, the ways and, you know, of your life, all the, all the things that you do, all your interactions and relationships, the things, how you work on a job, how you relate to your wife, how you relate to your kids and your friends and all of it with the aim of conscious contact and spiritual awakening. If you have that in mind, you're going to fall short. Obviously, we, we, you know, where you are on this ladder is is there's there's much progress ahead of us, above us. But to begin to start to 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 think in this way and to pray for the help to to go up that ladder and to use the steps that actually help you get there, that's a thing each person can do if they elect that for themselves. Well, thank you for that. That was important to add. And uh, in the spirit of Dr. Bob, uh, keep it simple. (laughs) Okay. Well, thank you, Matt. Thank you guys for listening. Hope this uh, episode was helpful to you. Come on back next week. We're going to be looking at the 10 points and dive into those and uh, hope you'll join us. So take care.